Father, as we turn to your word, please open our hearts up. We come here with all kinds of things on our minds and our hearts, uh, things that might distract us, reasons that we could be thinking of all kinds of other things, Lord. Draw us into your word. Speak to us by your spirit that we might be encouraged and challenged and changed to be more like Christ. And it's in his name that we ask it. Amen. Please be seated. So we continue this morning our series in Ecclesiastes, part four of five. Next week, we will bring it to a close, uh, just before we move into the Advent season. I just watched a movie for the first time. The movie was made in 1941 and is considered by some film critics to be one of the greatest movies of all time, Citizen Kane. Uh, how many of you have seen the movie? Just a show of hands. So maybe a third, quarter to a third. Uh, when the movie starts, it's all black and white. When it starts, uh, you see this giant home castle looking thing and it shows this for a while. It's a slower kind of movie. You know, it's not the kind of movies that we see now where it's quick, quick, quick. I mean, there's, just, there's moments to think um, through this movie and it starts off and it's showing all this, these angles of this giant kind of darkened castle looking thing. And it finally goes inside, and the main character, Charles Kane, is on his deathbed. And the first word you hear is rosebud. And then his hand falls, and the snow globe falls off, and it bounces and breaks. And the rest of the movie is them trying to figure out what is that word. Because uh, if you haven't seen the movie... Charles Kane is called the sixth wealthiest man in the world in this little video they do in the beginning. Um, he has it all. And, and, and as they go through and try and figure out what this word means, they keep showing snippets of his life. They're interviewing all these people that knew him. And here's what you see about this man. He is Kohelet. This guy has everything he could want but he is searching for something. He takes all of this wealth and he ends up with power and reputation and women and property. He's got all of this stuff, but it's never enough. Throughout the movie, he just keeps looking and he keeps looking and he wants more and he wants more until you get to the end and you see this big home they showed at the beginning that he built and he is just pouring everything into this home. And I think symbolically where you see it the most is he is collecting statues from all over the world and he just keeps collecting them. Another one, another one, another one, another one, another one. Never enough. That's Ecclesiastes. No matter how much money you might have, no matter how much prestige or possessions or power, it is never enough. You just keep going. That's this book. But we come to this point where we have gone through all of that and we've seen it. We've seen multiple ways that Kohelet has sought to find satisfaction, joy, meaning, 
and it just doesn't work. However, five times in the book, five times in the middle of saying, this is a striving after the wind, this is hevel, this is a striving after the wind, five times he breaks into that and he says, but eat, drink, and be merry. But there is something. There is something that is worth it. There is a different direction. Open your Bible for you to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. This is where we ended last time. Ecclesiastes chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We ended last week in verse 11. We're going to start in verse 12. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 12. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Here is the message this morning. I want to talk about gift. Gift is part of these five passages. Scholars call them carpe diem passages. What do you seize? And he gives these things to seize. I want to talk about the gift. I want to talk about the nature of that gift and then give some actual applications. If 30 this morning, when I was at Starbucks, as I was coming here to help set up some chairs, and I went to Starbucks to grab coffee. And I pull up, and next to me is an SUV, and I'm in a little tiny Acura. And I get out of the car, and I stand up, and I am right next to the passenger door of this SUV, and there is a dog. The window is down, and this dog is right here staring at me. <laughs> and I jump, oh, whoa, hit my car. I'm like, what the? And the dog's just going... Hey there, how you doing? I'm having a good morning, how about you? Um, I mean, just very gentle, very, I mean, didn't bark at me, didn't do anything. Just sitting there, staring at me, right in the eyes. Now, previous to this, about 15 minutes before that, I had a different encounter with a dog. That was my dog. My dog at six o'clock every single morning wants to eat, desperately. Like you've starved the dog for two weeks kind of thing. And that dog has so much energy, and like her energy actually makes me mad. Because it's six o'clock in the morning, and I'm really tired, and she's like, hi, 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 and I'm like, I get mad at her happiness. Don't judge me. (laughs) But like, she sleeps in a crate, and the crate's in its own area, and so I go in and I hear her whining, and I open up the door, and she bounces. She's like a rabbit. Like she bounces all the way to the door, but she bounces up and she's looking me in the eyes. Two very different dog experiences. One is a dog who's had way too much sugar, it seems like. I mean, she's just jumping all over the place. The other one's like, hey man, how you doing? I'm doing well too, let's chat. Both of them look me in the eye, but they are really, really different. So is gain and gift. They are really, really different. 
right? Gain. It's everything he's been talking about. Gain is what we fight for. It's what we strive after. We grasp it. We, we want to earn it. It's driving us to something. We have to go get it. And it's never enough. And over here, gift is what we receive. It's what we rest in. It's not what we keep going. I got to have more. I got to have more. It's what we go, wow, thank you. It's gratitude. Right? They're two very different things. But gain is what he's talking about that's driving him. I need more. I've got to get this. I have to achieve it. I have to own it. I got to put my hands on it. And when I get it, it's not enough. I have to go to the next one. And he's saying, but there's this thing over here. There's this gift that God has given. Will you take it in? Will you accept it? Think of the difference like this. Think of the difference between when you slave over making your dinner at night and when someone walks to your door, knocks on it, and hands it to you. What's the difference in the feeling? Think about you going out and mowing your lawn or somebody coming over and saying, you know what, I want to mow your lawn for you today, and they do it. The difference in the feeling. Think about a giant medical bill that you have to pay and you're writing that check and you're feeling everything about that. Or somebody comes and says, you know what? God has laid this on my heart. I want to pay that bill for you. How do you feel in these two different ways? One is all on me. I am going after it. I'm going to make it work. One is going, thank you. You have handed this off. Kohelet says, Gain, you will never be satisfied. You're never going to find what you're looking for. You're just going to keep going after it. You're not going to be satisfied. You're going to be anxious. You're going to want more. You're going to wonder if you're failing or you're not failing. You're going to be questioning yourself all the time. Is this right or is that right? And over here he says, but God has already given you something. Will you take that? Will you embrace it? Because over here, it's not about what I am doing. It's not about me succeeding or failing. It's not about me reaching that one mountain peak and then going, oh, there's another one. I got to get up that one too. Oh, wait, there's another one. I got to get up that one too. It's about embracing something. And in fact, for Kohelet, it is the starting point. You either start from a position of gain or you start from a position of gift. Like this. Think of it in this way. I don't go downtown a whole lot, but occasionally and typically it's either minister-related or maybe going to the Meyerson or something like that, but occasionally I'm downtown. I was downtown a while back, and I'm going to a place. And I used to have a phone, as many of you know because I've told you about it, that was a total mess. I had dropped about a thousand times. It was cracked so many ways I had tape holding it together. But the inside also didn't work in the right way quite often. Like it would randomly switch between LTE and 3G and just kind of go back and forth in the same spots. Everybody else is doing just fine, but not my phone. I mean, things would just freak out on this phone all the time. Well, at one point, I was using the map program and had put the address in. And that was great. It pinpointed the address. Then I hit directions, and it wanted to know, 
you want to use the location you're at right now? Well, yes, of course. How else would I get there? It couldn't find me. <laughs> it knew where I was going, but it couldn't find me. Well, I don't know downtown well enough. I didn't know where I was. How in the world could I ever get to my starting to my end point if I don't know my starting points? What's your starting point? You see, the ending points is joy and satisfaction and meaning, but what's your starting point? Because if your starting point is gain, you will never get what you're looking for. Because the road you're on, it's a never-ending quest for what's not actually there. That is enough. I've got to get enough of whatever it is I'm going after. That road, that road will lead to stress, anxiety, pain, and always wanting more. But there's another starting point. Gift. There's a starting point to say, I'm going to get to the same destination. I'm going to find some joy and some satisfaction and some meaning. But I'm going to start out of a heart of gratitude for what God has already done. That is a totally different starting point. And it's going to take you a very different direction. Because if you start from the gain, here's the problem. You're going to see out there in the distance that place you're going. It's going to be up on a hill. You're going to be able to see it. You're going to keep going toward it. But every time you get near it, you're going to find out that it's actually further than you thought it was. And you're never going to get there. But if you start over here, gratitude. Not I have to earn and gain something, but I've been given something. It's a different picture. Right? Now, from the starting point to that ending point, there's a particular road to go down. We've seen the road from gain to satisfaction because he's been describing it. On that road is all that we've been talking about. It is the more possessions. It is the greater position in society. It is the more pleasure. It's all those things. There's a different road that starts with gift. And I would describe it using these words. It is simple. It is every day. It is not overly complex. It's mundane. You experience it all the time, even as I do. It's what he's going to go to next. It is simple. And let me describe simple to you. My children at preschool recently did a I love you dad. And, and, and the teachers asked them questions and they fill in the answers to them. And we went and had donuts with dad on Thursday and they give these to you while you're eating donuts with your kids. And this was my four-year-olds. By Keenan. My dad's name is Jason. He is blank years old, 21. <laughs> Go Keenan. I'm all for that. He is as big as the car. I wonder what he thinks about Dirk. He has brown hair and blue eyes. His favorite food is soup. I don't know where that came from. 
That's my wife's favorite food or close to it, but I, maybe because I make it for her a lot. I have no idea. That should be steak. <laughs> His favorite color is white, and I asked him about that, and he said, I don't know what your favorite color is. I just picked one. <laughs> he likes to go to church. For fun, he likes to go to meetings. <laughs> he does do that a lot. <laughs> my favorite thing to do with my dad is play Mr. Potato Head. I love my dad because he reads with me. This is simple. I mean, this is, my son really doesn't have really gigantic things that he's going for here. His life isn't based off of, if I don't become a number one best-selling author, then I have failed. He wants to play Mr. Potato Head with his dad. This is simple. This is every day. You know why he said go to meetings? Because dad just does that a lot. And he saw it, and he went, oh, my dad must like to go to meetings. He goes to meetings a lot. It's, it's very simple. It's every day. It's mundane. It's what we are. It's not this thing out there that we think we have to have. It's what's around us at this moment. And, and that's where he goes. You see, Kohelet will never deny all of the pessimistic, bad um, negative kinds of things we've been talking about. That's all there. He just wants to say there's a different path. Like you can keep going down that path all you want. It's not going to get you anywhere. But there's a different path. Here it is. Turn, if you would, to chapter 9 of Ecclesiastes. This is the fifth, I mean, the last one. This is the fifth time that he brings these ideas up. Right? So he, again, he says, if you pursue this, it's hevel. It's striving after the wind. But there's this stuff here. If you pursue this, blah, blah, blah. But there's this stuff here. This is the fifth time he breaks into it. And he says the same general things. But there's a difference in this one. And it's why I chose number five. All the way through this book, it is mostly in the indicative. He is simply making observations and he's describing things. This is just what it is. Right? What made the first three messages kind of difficult is there's no exhortation to give. Kohelet doesn't say, it's a striving after the wind, so don't strive after the wind. That second part's not there. He's just making observations about life. And the first four times, they're observations about this other way as well until you get to this one. Now it's imperatives. These are commands. These are exhortations in Hebrew. He changes it. Now it's go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart. Sorry, uh, chapter 9, verse 7. For God has already approved what you do. Let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life. These are commands. Right? The fifth time where you have this up and down Hey, gain won't get you anything but. Gain won't get you anything but. Gain won't get you anything but. Now it's a command. Live into the gifting. Live into the life that God has said, I'm handing this to you. 
Instead of striving after these things that will never satisfy you, he says, live into what I've gifted you with. And this is what I want to end with today. I want to talk about a few of the things he mentions right here that are those gifts that we are called to live into. Number one, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart. Food. How many of you like eating? You know part of the reason you like eating is because God gave us the ability to taste food. It's unnecessary. You would eat anyway. If it's what kept you alive, you would eat anyway. That is a gift. God has actually given us the ability to take something that sustains us, that we have to have to live, and he's made it pleasurable. He said, here, I want this steak to taste good. I want these cheesy potatoes to rock your world. <laughs> That's what he's done. It's a gift. And he said, enjoy it. Take that glass of wine. Take that cup of steaming hot coffee. Go sit on your patio and enjoy it. Because God has made that a gift to you. Instead of seeking all of your joy and all of your pleasure on these giant big things that are never going to completely satisfy you, go back to the very simple and go eat your food and drink your wine with joy because that's a simple gift that God has given. How many of you like to go out to dinner? How many of you like to go with a friend and just maybe have a lunch, uh, sit with a friend over a cup of coffee and just talk? Anton likes to do all of it. He says, hands to stay up. <laughs> Even those of us that are introverts, we still enjoy having a nice meal with a friend. That's a gift from God. Can you accept that gift and find the joy in it? Kohelet says, for God has already approved what you do. That, that line has got so many interpretations I'm going to give you the one that I think at least fits within this context. One of them. God has already given this to you. He approves of these things. It is a good thing for you to have a hot cup of tea and to sit with a friend and to talk and to sip on that tea and to enjoy it because he made it that way. That's a gift. He says in verse 8, number 2, let your garments always be white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. There's a number of things white could mean, but in this context, it likely means joy. It's the opposite of mourning. Instead of those mourning garb you would have, put on joyful festival. That's the oil running off your head. He says, I've given you the ability to have joy. I have given you a gift, and I'm telling you, go be joyful. It is not bad or wrong, or in somehow it's, it's like the idea that I can't be a good Christian unless things are hard, unless there's all these rules that I've got to go through. I can't be happy. No, you can be happy. It's a gift of God. He actually wants you to. He wants you to smile. God wants you to smile. He has given you the ability 
to experience joy. Number three, enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of your vain, and that is that same word, your fleeting, your futile life that God has given you under the sun. And I want to do something for this. Um, If you are here and you are single, this is absolutely nothing against you, right? If you are here and maybe your spouse isn't here, this is nothing against you either, right? But if you are here right now and your spouse is here as well, I want to ask you to stand up right now. Stand up. I want you to turn and face your spouse and hold their hand. Go for it. Andy, go find your wife. Now, don't look at me. Look at each other. Men, she is a gift of God. She is a gift that God has given to you. And she is better than all of the gain that your job or your reputation or any of those things that you might want to go after more than her. She is a gift that God has given to you and you are commanded to enjoy her. To give yourself to her more than all of those things that are part of gain. She is your gift. Love her like God has offered, like God has given, like God has commanded, like God has blessed you with. Love her. Ladies, it's not the same command. Just put up with him. (laughs) Absolutely, only partially kidding. Ladies, he is never going to be everything you want him to be. Now, You all laugh at that, but this is what I know. You want him to be more for you than what God wants him to be for you. You want him, at times, to be God in your life. You know why I know that? Because it's part of the fall. Here's what you need to know. He's going to let you down. He's not going to be everything that God can be for you. But he can be the love of your life. He can be a security for you. He can be all of those things that God has put in you that you need outside of what God himself will fulfill. Will you let him be him and not what you are trying to make him to be.
and love each other in grace because you are gifts to one another. Would you kiss your bride? Remain standing for just a moment. Father, thank you for the gift of marriage. Thank you for giving us somebody that we can pour our hearts and souls into. Lord, help us to support one another. Help us to be there for one another. And Lord, help us to be the joy in each other's life that you've made us to be. That we might bring glory to you and joy to one another. In Christ's name, amen. Please be seated. Enjoy the gift of food. Enjoy the gift of being able to have joy. Enjoy the gift of your spouse. Enjoy the gift. Keep going with me. Uh, Verse 9, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Work. Work is a gift. I know it doesn't always feel that way. Uh, It doesn't mean that it's easy. Uh, There's all kinds of things we don't like about our jobs and our work and even like stuff around the house that we have to do. But God has said, I've given you the ability to work. That is a gift, that you get to do it. And if we can kind of change that mindset, when I get out to do what I'm trying to do, it's not about gaining. It's about embracing the gift I have to be able to even do this. It's a gift. And the thing he ends with and what we're going to end with says, verse 10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. He says, whatever it is you get to do between this moment, at 1059 on this day, and the day you cease breathing, do it with everything you have. Whatever that is. Do it with all your might. Why? Because this is all the time you have. Whatever that line is, it's all the time you have. Uh, You've been gifted something. And and here's what, this is what it made me think of uh, when I was studying it. Um, The Michaels have a cabin. And they were gracious enough to loan us that cabin for a couple of days. I think two nights or one night? How long do we stay? One or two nights. um, We got to go to this cabin. And, And here's what I thought of when I got to the cabin. I want to do everything we can between when we're here and when we leave. Not necessarily rushing everywhere, but I want to do everything because we have a limited amount of time to use this gift. Because once it's over, we have to go back home. And so, like, whether it is a good glass of wine, a good walk along the golf course area and through the woods, traveling into town, sleeping, I wanted to go to bed early to get an actual night's sleep without children and dogs. I slept with all my might. Do it with all your might. If you can see your time as I have here to here. And it's a gift. That time is a gift. Do everything you can with it. Don't half-heartedly do it. But give yourself to it. 
If you are bored in life, that is your fault. Life is way too interesting to ever be bored. Do it with all your might. And I guess if you're going to be bored, do it with all your might. Be as bored as you can. But it's all simple. Because those are the things where God has said, I've given this to you. If you live out of this, if this will be your starting point, it'll change where you end up. I'm going to ruin the movie for you in case you haven't seen it. Got ruined for me. My wife was so mad. We're watching the movie. We're halfway through. And she goes, I can't wait till you see what Rosebud is. And I went, I already know. She goes, what? You ruined the movie. I didn't think she wanted to watch the rest of it because she was waiting for my shock at the end. This is what happens in the movie. Early on, yeah, I'm ruining it. Early on, but I have to or my sermon won't end right. (laughs) It's about me. Um, Early on in the movie, there is a scene and he's a young boy and it's snowing and he's out on his sled and he's throwing snowballs and he's just out there playing like a young boy would do. Inside the house while he's playing, his mom is making a deal to send him away to a boarding school and and he's not gonna be with his family forever. That's it, he's gone, they're sending him away. Now what he is gonna have is a whole lot of money, a whole lot of money. He's going to have an empire, he's going to run, he's going to have all this stuff. Well, at the end of the movie, these reporters have spent the entire movie trying to figure out what is Rosebud. And what's amazing is everybody thinks maybe it's a woman. Maybe it's something he was going after. They all think it's this, gain. They're all thinking it's some big, giant thing. It's got to have, it's his whole life, it's got to be something big. And at the end of the movie, after he's died, They're going to sell off all of the stuff that's worth something. Everything else, they're taking it to this gigantic fire. I mean, it's a fireplace that's taller than he is, and just, it's got to be like 20 feet wide. It's gigantic. It looks like, you know, the gaping mouth of hell. It's a giant fire, and they're taking all the stuff that's not worth anything, and they're throwing it into the fire. And one of the things they throw into the fire that's not worth anything because it's not gain, it's not big, it's not gigantic, it's not reputation, is a sled. And it's the sled that he was riding on back in that snow when he was eight years old. And they throw it into the fire, and they show the fire, and the camera kind of pans in, a little light, a little. And you see on the back, Rosebud. That at the end of his life, when he dies, He has this snow globe. What do snow globes do? They catch a moment in time. It can't move forward or backwards. It's a moment in time. And he's got this snow globe that he's holding on to. And he drops it. And he says, Rosebud. That the only thing that really seemed to matter to him, to everybody else, it was the statues and it was the artwork and it was all this stuff that he had collected that they could sell. Because this stuff, it's just being thrown into the fire. But for him, it was a moment in his life where he had no money. He had no great big job. He wasn't running for office. There were none of those things. What was he doing? He was in the snow riding his sled. 
and he had his family. That was what mattered. When you get to the end of your life, if the Bible is true, you will not get to the end and go, if only I had conquered one more thing. You will not get to the end and say, if only I had gained this other possession, if only I had 100,000 more dollars, it will be about the simple things in life. It will be your rosebud. It will be family and friends. It will be all those things that are staring you in the face every day that ultimately matter. And Kohelet is saying, instead of waiting until that point and holding onto your snow globe and going, I wasted it all and dropping it to the ground, right now, from this moment, from now 11.06, I really need to stop. From 11.06, live out of the gift, not out of gain. Enjoy the simple things in life instead of letting them pass you by because you're so fixated on the next mountain peak because that is what matters. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your word, the ways in which you instruct us and encourage us and help us to see life the way it actually is because you are the author of life. Lord, help us to find our joy and our satisfaction in our everyday relationships, in the everyday gifts that you have given to us and to stop striving after the wind. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.